Blessings. This is Pastor Walter and Maribel Arias welcoming you to the podcast of God of Covenants Christian Center. We hope this time is a blessing for you. Make sure you subscribe to get new messages every week. Enjoy the message and embrace what the Lord has for you. This week's message is titled Carriers of Glory by Pastor Walter Arias. Let's listen to the message and may God bless you. Lord Jesus, we ask that you establish your throne in our hearts. Establish your throne in every family, in every place. Come to us, your kingdom. Let your perfect will be done here on this earth as it is in heaven. King of glory and king of might. And hearts are inundated. Fill the land, this earth of you. This earth needs you. The earth needs of divine guidance. Our lives need more of you. Humanity is running towards perdition. And in your grace, you continue bless saving. And your word says that the end has not come because of love. For those that are still missing salvation, we hope that this gospel runs through everything for salvation of those that have been saved for this. Establish your throne, Lord, in every soul and every heart. And allow us one day that if it's in your will, Lord, as your people, we ask that you allow us a day to come together again and as a society to return to embrace the people, to greet each other. And perhaps those that were empathetic to this, they can understand and desire one day to be able to greet and hug as we once did. And perhaps the society that didn't greet can go out into the streets of their homes and they can go and greet everyone, understanding that under the cross, we're all the same, that we should love each and every one of us. Thank you, God, for this time. In your name, Jesus, we pray. And there, my beloved brother and sister, in your home, I bless you in the name of Jesus. And with my wife and with the pastoral support group of God of Covenants and every ministry, we bless you where you may be. And we want to say that we love you and that we miss you a lot. And assuredly, this to miss each other's mutual. We want to say that in you we think that we pray for everyone. That there's many that are doing a pastoral job that is great. I bless all the leaders of the cell groups to the co-leaders and the hosts that take the time to call everyone of their brothers and sisters that they regularly would be meeting at home. But now they, they overcome obstacles, that they overcome difficulties. I bless you in this day. Thank you for helping us to pastor, for being concerned of those that have a need. To every one of you, if you haven't connected to a Bible study group, call a brother, call the church in the office, call the pastor and say, where can I 
join a Bible study group. Before, I didn't have time to go to a cell group, but now I have additional time. And with great joy, we would say how to connect. There in the week, on Friday at night, sometimes Thursdays. So that was this way you could be connected because this is about that we don't get cold, that we don't get cold. And this is a very special day because we want to make memory of a of an act, and this is Holy Week, and that's why we put some pre-recorded videos as a preamble to the service and of worship and praise had to do with a time of Holy Week because today we celebrate and listen well today we celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus to Jerusalem and with this we want to say something that he is the owner of glory honor and praise and there's nothing more famous that can cover it because he's the most famous of all and of everyone so today is the day to celebrate and allow me to pray good god and father we give you thanks in this moment for the opportunity that you give us to come together where we are lord to be able to worship you as a family lord to listen to your word and to exalt your name and i cry out lord in this moment that the word lord that we're going to preach in this day Come to the hearts and doesn't return empty, but it fulfills the purpose for which it is being sent, Lord. We give you thanks, Lord, for the opportunity of the means and the media. And we bless in your name the church in Mexico and Colombia and Dominican Republic here in the United States. The families that get connected in so many different places crying out, Lord, that your word touches them and ministers to them. Thank you to minister our lives and for all who listen to this word that it could be a blessing to them as well. And we give you thanks in the mighty name of Jesus and the church of the Lord where you are says, Amen and Amen. Glory to the Lord. And what a time that is so special in which we find ourselves. And special for many reasons. First, it's for the truth that it has. The truth that God is God over all things. And we understand that it's special because we're in a difficult time. A time where the things have changed. Where the things have been transformed because of things that we know because of pandemic. And with this, we don't want in any way to dwindle from our responsibilities of our spiritual growth. And I say it's important for us to stay connected in the spirit and to continue persevering in the thoughts of the Lord. Because if we continue persevering, then our spiritual life will be edified. And it being edified, we can then transverse whatever period, every any time. And there... I want to invite you to please pay attention because we're in a time that is special today. It celebrates on a world level, a prophetic happening and historical happening. And, and why do I say this prophetic? Because in the, in, in the prophet of Zechariah, 500 years before this happened, he had spoken on behalf of God of how it would happen 500 years before it happened. And I say historic because 20 centuries ago, this event happened. And it has to do with the arrival of our Lord Jesus Christ to the city of Jerusalem. What is known as the triumphal entry of Jesus to Jerusalem. And we're in this week of celebration of remembering there and then home we could do it. 
because it's not about that we give major emphasis to something that's temporary and that we give it total emphasis what is eternal and what is eternal is Jesus Lord King King of Kings and the Savior and I want us there to see what is prophetic and you're going to find in the book of Zechariah there in your home where you're watching in Zechariah chapter 9 and you're going to find verse 9 Zechariah 9 9 and I say prophetic because Zechariah said this he said rejoice greatly O daughter of Zion shout O daughter of Jerusalem behold your king is coming to you he is just and having salvation lowly and riding on a donkey a colt the fowl of a donkey 500 years before this would be fulfilled the prophet Zechariah had already announced it and I say also historical because 20 centuries ago this happened and I'm going to look at the register of the gospel of Matthew so you could find it there Matthew chapter 21 and we're going to read verses 6 to 11 Matthew chapter 21 verses 6 to 11 history registers the following so the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them they brought the donkey and the colt laid their clothes on them and set him on them and a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying Hosanna to the son of David blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Hosanna in the highest and when he had come into Jerusalem speaking of Jesus and when he had come into Jerusalem listen well what it says here the word says there in this moment all the city was moved saying the following who is this who is this and verse 11 says so the multitude said this is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee and I hope that in the measure that that you're listening to me and you could be receiving this word I want you to affirming yourself more in your faith the faith in Jesus it's very important that we affirm ourselves that is the faith in Christ Jesus the faith that we receive and this word is also that some that are being connected I'm going to say not through the internet but connected with the kingdom of heaven in this moment of your life that you start you start to grow roots in the faith that is in Christ Jesus that's my desire that you affirm your faith and on the other side that you learn even if it's a little bit or a lot because that's the intention of every preaching but the other and two things final there's one that there's a confrontation a confrontation to the soul it's necessary that there be a confrontation to the heart with the word the word has a design and the word has a design to enter into the heart and to face or confront us and I ask to God that there be a confrontation today for this word but also at the end I hope that there's also a reflection because a confrontation without a reflection it's then weak we need to reflect for an execution so this word what is it good for me what is it designed for and the title today says carriers of glory carriers of glory is the title of the topic that we're touching on today why carriers of glory well I want to speak first of he who is the glory he who is the glory and I want to make emphasis again on Matthew 21 verses 8 and 9 while you find it again Matthew 21 verses 8 and 9 
And it says here in 8 and 9, verses 8 and 9, And a very great multitude spread their garments on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before, listen well, and those who followed from behind, those were crying out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And I'm speaking of this topic of he who is glory. Because when we speak of Jesus, we have to speak of glory. And the word glory so that we can understand. Because many times we say glory to God, glory to God in the highest. And it's almost like a saying, something that we learn, but without a significance. So the word glory has as a meaning the following. Listen well. Fame, honor, Splendor. Glory means fame, honor, and splendor. But it also means a good reputation. And it's also used to refer to a great joy, a good taste, or a pleasure. In other words, when we say, to him be the glory, we're saying, to him be the fame. To him be the glory, we're saying that to all honors his is all good reputation to him is all that's what we're saying when we say glory the glory of God we're speaking of the glory of God to be carriers of the glory of God and we have to be or understand that who is the glory the glory is not you the glory is not me it's not your actions or my actions the glory is not the achievement of humanity or my achievements it's not the discoveries that's we give honor to that we have to give honor to he who deserves honor but the glory to him be the glory why is all the glory to him well allow me to say that for 21 years if something that has happened for 21 years is that societies have had to make the question or ask themselves who is jesus and if we look at the historical register or at least in the context when jesus enters into the into Jerusalem, the Bible tells us what the people thought of Jesus. And for some, Jesus was a breaker of the Sabbath or the day of rest. Listen well, a breaker of the Sabbath or the day of rest. Why did they call him a breaker of the Sabbath? Why? Because on the Sabbath and a day of rest as such, he healed a man that had a withered hand. Another Sabbath day, he healed a man with dropsy. Another day of Sabbath, he healed a bent-over woman. And he ministered to her, and she straightened up her body. And he also healed a man born blind. All this on a day of rest. And another day, he healed a paralytic there in Bethsaida. So there, the Hebrew community, the Jewish community, rigorous and schematic with respect to the Sabbath, they made a Sabbath day a God. They made a doctrine that was now greater than God. And when the famous one, the one who deserves all glory, that is all honor, when he arrived and he sat there in Jerusalem, the first he came to say, healing on Sabbath, and because he would healing on other days, he was saying, I am the owner of the Sabbath as well. I am the owner of life. I am greater than. And it's important to understand this because to him is all the glory. There's people that give more glory to a day than more than to King Jesus. There's people that give more glory to a religious to than, than Jesus. So we have to meditate. Are we giving more glory, more honor to something or to someone than he who deserves all glory? Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna who comes in the name of the Lord. 
So they also said that he was blasphemous. And one day they said in Jerusalem in the triumphal entry, he speaks. They says that if you destroy this temple, I will lift it up in three days. And they call him blasphemous. And they said, how can you say that if in 46 years we constructed this temple? Now you're going to say that in three days you are going to raise it? You're blaspheming. But he wasn't. He was referring to his own body. That if they would destroy this body on the third day, he was going to resurrect or he was going to rise again. But he was also of being seditious. What is seditious? Someone who's a revolutionary, unruly. Why do I say this? Because there in the trial that they made, they brought some arguments without evidence. And they said to those uh, Roman people that were in charge. And they said, look, this one speaks against Caesar. And he says that it's not necessary to pay tribute to Caesar, that you don't have to pay taxes. And we know by scripture that if something that Jesus did, he came to the places and he says, you don't pay taxes. And he says, of course. And one of the, his disciples says, he said to one of his disciples, open the mouth of that fish and take some money out of there and pay for you and for me. So if something that Jesus said, he said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what belongs to God. So he was also accused of being seditious. But then one said, no, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. In a conversation that Jesus had with his disciples. And Jesus said, what do the people say that I am? And they would say, some say that you're Elijah, other that Jeremiah and others, that maybe some of the other prophets. And Jesus to his disciples said, but you, who do you say I am? And Peter said to him, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said some things that were wonderful. He says, what you just said was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in the heavens. And that confession that you do, I'm going to edify my church on that. And that confession that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the owner of the glory, of the honor, of praise, of all eminence, all excellences for him. That's what he was saying. He said, yes, I am the Christ, the son of the living God. He's speaking of, of his greatness in that moment. So I also want to say there in Matthew chapter 21, verses 10 and 11 again, Matthew 21, because the context of the story that we're reading, cited by Matthew, it speaks of his arrival specifically to Jerusalem. And verse 10 says, and when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, say it with me. What does it say there? What did they say? Who is this? So for some, he was unknown. And for some, he was blasphemous. For some, he was a revolutionary. Others, he was a person that made miracles. For others, he was a prophet. For others, he's the Christ. But here's some people, they didn't know who he was. They said, who's this? And that's a good question that many people make for 21 centuries later. Who is Jesus? Who is this one? But let's see the following verse, verse 11. And it says, so the multitudes said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth from of Galilee. So there were some that said, who is this? And others said, this is Jesus, the prophet. For some, someone who was unknown and others that was known, at least for those 
that came to Jerusalem, they knew him, many of them, as the prophet of Nazareth. And when we speak of the word prophet, they're recognizing that he was sent by God. And if some didn't understand of Jesus, the figure of Christ as the Messiah, the anointed one, the word Christ, Messiah means the anointed one. Some didn't understand it as the anointed one, but they at least recognized him as a prophet. So as someone who was sent from heaven. And with this, I want us to reflect. And is that we can identify three types of people in Jerusalem. And those three types of people in Jerusalem are those, the first, those who knew him, like Peter that said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, and his disciples, they knew him. They said that we were before the same God who is all glory and honor and praise. So those that know him, when he came to Jerusalem, there were people there that knew him. And there were people there, those who deny him. Those who denied him. In this moment, there was people who denied him, who treated him as a blasphemous person, and the others were those who, those that knew him, those that denied him, and also some people that they want to know, that they're digging deep. Who is he? Nothing different than what happens today. In this time and age, we find ourselves with still three types of people. With those that know Jesus, those that Christ has revealed himself into their hearts, to the church of the Lord, to you and to me, that you are where you may be. To those that accept Christ in our hearts as our Lord and Savior of life, that forgive us our sins. We recognize and acknowledge him, but in this pandemic moment, and forgive me that I touched this topic, but this moment of pandemic is also those that blaspheme and those that attack and those that deny and they start to say, and where is the God of those Christians? And where is the God that they preach? And it's not that God, your God heals in miracles and is he then? So today there's people blaspheming. There were some people that are running through social media of people that get in there in chats and they say, and they say, where's those evangelists that make those healings and miracles? Where are they? Because I also want to remember that those people that ignore scripture, that in the time of Jesus, Jesus didn't heal everyone. And that wasn't to say that he wasn't the king of kings or the Lord of lords. He healed some and others he did not. Because that's the dynamic of God. That's called sovereignty of God. So they were people who did not know him, those that knew him, and they existed. Those that were digging deeper and asked. And today the same thing. Those that we know him. Those that deny him. But also some that are digging deep. And I want to speak to the church. Because that's a good opportunity. So that we speak of the Lord Jesus. Because there's people today in this crisis are asking for God. They're asking for a word of hope. They're asking themselves in their mind. What is this? And we that know Jesus. We are the ones that we could speak to those people. That we could say to them. Of the God that we know, of He that all glory, all honor pertains to. We, the believers, that have the opportunity to speak. The prophet said, the prophet Zechariah said in verse 9, chapter 9, it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king. Listen how Zechariah said. He says, Behold, your king is coming to you, just and having salvation, lowly and hiding on a donkey, a colt, and the fowl of a donkey. Zechariah describes to us, Who is he that has all the glory? 
Who is he of all the honor? Zechariah is saying to us that he, he's saying to them, if we could read it and we could understand, he's saying he is the king. And not only king of the Jews, but he came to be the king of the Jews, but he becomes the king of all of those that we accept him as our Lord and Savior. And when Zechariah said, there your king is coming, he's saying of a king that represents a kingdom because every king represents a kingdom. And the kingdom that Jesus represents is the kingdom of heaven. And that's where we lose ourselves as humans. We lose ourselves as a society. And the past society was also confused in this because they were waiting for an earthly king that would come and change everything. And they don't understand that that king that is coming is not earthly. It's a heavenly king. That's why Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Every time Jesus would preach, he would say, the kingdom of heaven has arrived. The kingdom of heaven is with you. The kingdom of heaven is within your midst because Jesus is a king. The prophet Zechariah prophesied 500 years before Jesus came to Jerusalem, but also Zechariah said that he is just. Who is this that deserves all glory and honor? He who is just. Zechariah said just. Why just? Because just can only be is exact and Jesus was exact to pay a price so there had to be one come that was just to pay for the unjust and to say that he is just we're not saying that he judges even though he's going to do it and it's his one of his characteristics as king but it refers that he's just because in him is all righteousness for us that believe in him we can have peace with heaven. And also Zechariah spoke, Savior. He didn't only say, you're king and just, but he also said, but he also says, Savior, salvation, because he saves us from something and the people that didn't understand. And forgive me that I say many times, the people come close to God because of the need that they save him from a problem of a situation, that they save, that God save him from a debt, from a sickness. And today, many are going to come close. And if that's the excuse, then glory to the Lord. Many are going to come close because it's the way that God also acts through circumstances. But many are going to come to God that they save them from a sickness, that they save them from a plague. And with that, the Bible is not saying that he's the savior of that, even though he has the power to save us of a plague or to save us of a sickness or to prevent us from it. But it's speaking of a savior that saves us from something worse than a plague, something worse than a virus, because something worse than a virus and something worse than all things that can happen to us in this physical body is the wrath of God. The wrath of God is that is that absence of God of the heart of a person because of their sin. So Zechariah, what would he saying? He says, behold, the king of the Jews, he who is just and savior. What he's saying? He's saying he's going to come and put you in peace with heaven. He's going to put you in peace with the father because God saves us from the wrath of God. When we're in sin, the word of God says that God turns. There's no fellowship. There's no unity. And as such, we need us just one, which is Christ. To him be all the glory of a king, which is Christ. To him all be all the honor that one may come as savior of that wrath of God and pay a price. And pay a price so he could put us in peace with God the Father. Are you with me? And also it says there the prophet that he's humble. How is he humble? Well, nothing earthly impresses Jesus. Nothing. We, it, things impress us. And with that, 
and that word I, I say if all know, but it's when when the, the things make us go, wow, when we think this is the best, when we're so impressed. So Jesus, the devil himself offered, when Jesus was taken by the spirit to the wilderness to be tempted by Satan, Satan, he put something, he put all the kingdoms. He said, look at all these kingdoms that there are. All this have been given to me and I can give it to you. And Jesus wasn't impressed by that. So his heart of being humble didn't have nothing to do with anything, with no possession, with nothing that he was seeking. In fact, he wasn't even seeking for the glory of men, even though all glory is his. He didn't come here so they would applaud him, but all applause are for him. He didn't come here so that it would be shouts of joy, but all those shouts of joy for him. His humbleness, his humble essence, and there's something very special, that he came mounted on a donkey. And I want you to understand this portion, please. When scripture says that he came seated on a donkey, we don't pay a lot of attention, and we're going to get into the topic of the donkey. But he could come on a donkey or a horse. And here there's a historical teaching. And also cultural teaching, because when a person, and this is from ancient times, and if you see in the Old Testament and in culture, you could see historical books, how the culture of the kings were. And there's registers that when a king would enter into a city, he was able to come to one of two ways. He was either coming on a horse or he would come on a donkey. And those that saw him understood with what intention he was arriving, because if he came on a horse, he was coming to war. He was coming to cut off heads. He was coming to take a kingdom by force. But if the king was coming on a donkey, he was coming in peace. That donkey means so much. And that action of Jesus of not getting on a horse, but to come on a donkey means so much because he says, I'm coming in peace. If something that Jesus comes to do in our lives is to establish the kingdom of God in our hearts to give us peace. Jesus is not coming to have war with us, to make war. You that are listening where you may be, where you may be watching, Jesus is not coming to make war with you. Jesus is not coming to make war with you. Jesus is not coming to make war against you. He's coming to conquer the heart so that we could put, he could put us in peace with heaven and he comes in peace. And he says, I am here at the door and I knock. And if someone hears my voice and opens the door, I will enter and I will dine with him and him with me. The Bible is not saying that he's coming here and hitting and knocking doors down. No, he's coming on a donkey with a humble heart, gentle saying, I come to bring you peace to your heart. Times we want things that drastic things can happen or we have to wait for something drastic to happen to believe. And he's saying, I'm coming to establish peace in your heart. It's what he wants. So to him, be all the glory. To him, be all the honor. And to him, be all praise. Because of him is the glory, the honor, and the praise. All to be given to him. And I want to go a little deeper. In the second topic, which is the donkey. Because in this story, there was people... There was the Christ, the king, and there's also a donkey. And that donkey is special because that donkey has a great significance and value in this story. Listen well. For its prophetic context and its also significance as an instrument. And why? For its prophetic context. And analyze because Zechariah 500 years before had spoken of that donkey. That donkey wasn't just any donkey. There was a lot of donkeys there in Jerusalem. 
And if there was something, they had that type of animals. Animals that were domestic, that they were needed. But Jesus chose a specific donkey. And this donkey as such was already prophesied. It was a chosen donkey. It was a donkey calculated from eternity. It was a donkey that in the heart of God had a role to play on this earth. A role, even though he was a donkey, his, his principal role would be to be in exact place so when the king of kings, that is all the glory and honor, would come, that he would be able to use him as an instrument. That's why I said it has a value as prophetic and also as an instrument. Why? Because he was chosen with a purpose and he was an instrument with a purpose. As an instrument, he was used to carry Jesus on his back. That was the instrument. And that donkey had a, has a great fame. We read continually here in historical, in the biblical register, it was an instrument of heaven chosen. We are chosen by grace. There's such humanity. And I don't know if the church can get this in your hearts. And maybe you could reflect on this in your home where you are, that you could listen to this word is a privilege because others it doesn't make sense in the ears and they turn off their TVs, they turn off their cells. They don't even want to come to congregate. Why? Because their heart is not there. But that you today can listen to this word, that your ear be attentive today. And I'm not saying that you're a donkey. I said we are like that donkey. That in one way, God in his love and his mercy saw us from eternity and has put Christ so to see if we allow Christ to use us or if we could be instruments of Christ. If you're listening to this today, you that are here, you that are connected, if you're there watching and listening to this, it's to say that there's a prophetic plan for your life. In this moment is a time to reflect and think, what is the prophetic plan that I have to fulfill? Or did I just come here to live life? Forgive me. To live it like a donkey. Am I only came to that? To fulfill what everyone fulfills, to do what everyone does, that they go out, they work, they live, die, yeah? Or is there a prophetic plan that I have to fulfill? For me, it's very important to think on that. Am I fulfilling the prophetic plan that God has for me? What he has established, because if that donkey is no good, then another donkey. And if I don't serve the Lord, the Lord could choose someone else. And then I ask the question, if we're going to listen that to that voice, when someone sounds and touches and says, hey, the Lord wants to use you. Come, that the Lord wants to speak to you. Come, th that the Lord wants to make take a message through you because he wants to use us as instruments. The word of God says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Listen well. Why? That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There's a purpose with your life. There's a purpose with my life. And that purpose is exclusively to announce the praises of him that is all the glory of all the honor of all praise. We are instruments. Like that donkey was an instrument, then we have to understand that we're on this earth as a church, as an instrument for the glory of God, as an instrument to be able to speak of the famous one, to speak of he that has all eminence, to speak of him that he is all. That is our opportunity to announce and proclaim the praises of him 
Who are we going to announce it to? To those that don't know him, to those that are going to try to call us blasphemous and reject us, but also to those that are digging deeper and saying, who is Jesus? Speak to me about Jesus. You and I are powerful instruments in this pandemic time. This is our opportunity to be instruments of God once again. I said in a past preaching and others that I said, don't lift up a banner of fear. Don't leave a banner of desperation. Lift a banner, banner of hope in the Lord. Banners of, of a life that's consolidated in a faith. That's the banner that we have to bring today because we're instruments of God. And when God tells us to put news, then the news that I feel on behalf of God is that he say that Christ is the savior of the world, that outside for him, no one else saves, so that no much that you could find on this earth, everything will pass away. But if you have him, you have everything. That if everything ends now, then you have eternity and you're kept in the Lord. That's what we have to understand. We're carriers of the message of Jesus. We're carriers of Jesus, but we're not Christ. Listen well. You and I, we have to be sensitive and careful. And I speak to the church. I speak to those that are in the church. Because maybe this preaching is going to be heard by people who have not given their heart to the Lord. But I hope that they do. To the church. To the pastors. To the ministers of worship. To those that are famous. Those that are in high positions. Those in whatever part of the government. If we could say of Christ. Of the body of Christ. Those that are in an area of service. We have to be careful. That the glory doesn't belong to us. That the glory is God's. To those ministers of praise that are so famous. To those pastors of renowned names. To those pastor of a medium or high name. All of us that grab a microphone. All of us that have a participation on this earth. Speaking of the gospel. We have to be very careful. That we don't take the glory. That is not ours. We're carriers of the glory of God. That's why the, the name of the sermon today, Carriers of the Glory, because that's what we are. And forgive me, when we become ungrateful, when we become ungrateful of thinking that we deserve something, that they have to give praise to me of something, that I'm indispensable of something. What shame. This is a time to reflect. Because at times we want the payment, we want the applause we want the recognition. And I think that we're mistaken there because the honor, recognition is to him that deserves the glory, the owner of the glory. And I want to conclude with an illustration. And I'm going to, and allow me, I'm going to read it literally. I put this together for the glory of the Lord because I wanted to encase with the text. And it says like this. It's about the donkey and the colt. There's a story that the donkey came to the house, moving his tail and his ears, and the mother said, why so much energy to what he responded to? And he says, didn't you see the people, how they applauded me? And how they threw their clothes and their palms and the shouts of joy tenderized my ears, and how am I not going to jump of joy? And so much a hubbub. And the mother of the donkey said, are you sure, son, that they were referring to you? Go once again to the city. And then he returned with great sadness, with his tail between his leg and his ears drooping, and the donkey came back because no one in the city recognized him. 
the donkey without Jesus, the donkey without Jesus is just that, a donkey. That donkey of history, of that historical act, fulfilled the prophetic plan, fulfilled something that he was called to fill, to be is an instrument, that prophetic plan. But he wasn't the owner of that scenery. He was not the message. He was the carrier of the glory of God. And here I want us to reflect. Because we, in our life, we need to be cautious of thinking that we deserve something. We need to be cautious with thinking that the things happen because of me. Because of me. I do it. Because I am capable. Because I have the answer. I. It's like the donkey that comes back home and realizes that without the glory, nothing happens. Without being that carrier of the glory. Many times we act. And here's a word for the church and a word for everyone who wants to listen to this for humanity. Because I think of humanity and I think you're going to understand the human being has been damaged for a while and the earth the immorality proudly lifted up its banners and it runs free without any thing we're like the donkey thinking that the glory is ours without thinking that in a moment God can stop everything God has stopped everything in an instant everything where's the glory of the athletes, of those that fill stadiums. Where's the glory of the famous ones? Where's the glory of the rich? Where's the glory of the business owners? Where's the glory of the mega churches or the small churches? Where's the glory? Where's everything? In a second, God stopped a capital like New York to a complete state of the a state that is most productive, number one in the world. He stopped it. He stopped the finances of all the countries. He stopped everything. In one moment, the king was able to do it. The king of kings and the lord of lords. And I ask you, maybe we're not missing him. Maybe we need him as a humanity because that's a question that we need to ask, to reflect on it. Don't we need him? Because I noticed that without him, without his covering, without his grace, without his love, without his healing, without his mercy, we are lost of everything. And I would want to think on this text. James chapter 4, verses 13 to 16. Read it, please, with me. James chapter 4, verses 13 to 16. Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city. Spend a year there. Buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, and say it with me in a loud voice where you are. If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. If the Lord wills, we will do this or that. If 
God wants, we will achieve to conquer once again. If God wants, we will be able to come out of the house. If God wants, we'll be able to be in jobs. If God wants, he will lift up my business. If God wants, I will find my house. I'll get my house. If God wants. Understand, church, what the Lord is saying in this moment of stopping everything. If God wants, we can go out in a week or in a month or two months. And I asked some questions to myself there. What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? If God wants, he can make the COVID-19, he can make it disappear. He can make a vaccine or a treatment to come. If God wants, things will come back to its normalcy. What a failure. What a failure if the things go back to the normalcy, if we don't have God in the equation. What a failure if we don't stop in our lives and reflect on how we're walking, how we're running. And we go back to a normality. How sad. A normality to contaminate, to throw more garbage out because we're people that are irresponsible to waste all the water that we want to wait, to waste everything that we could waste because we don't measure. And forgive me that I get this way so serious. Afterwards, I'll say a joke. That we go back to normality? Are you asking God that we go back to normality? I'm not asking God that we return to that. I'm asking God that humanity, that we, including myself, that we react and understand that to him is all glory, all honor, all praises for him. And that I don't come out of that thought so that I don't stay like the donkey of this story that the and this story that he thought the applause was for him. If something that this earth needs is that the kingdom established of God and his righteousness, if God wants, one day we'll be able to embrace, we will embrace and kiss and God wants, one day we will celebrate together. And behind the church, we will have lunch together, if God wants. May God bless you to each and every one of them. Allow me to pray. Good God, giving you thanks for your word and for the opportunity to praise you for this day, for the day of life that you have given us. Giving you thanks, Lord. Because you are the one that has come with that marvelous grace and you give us Christ as a gift of life. And he entered triumphantly to Jerusalem to those who received him and for the humanity that today receives him. And today I ask that you minister and touch the hearts of those that will be saved and those that are at home together with me can pray and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Blessed God, forgive me of all offenses, of all sin of thought, word, deed, or omission. Forgive me for being a donkey, for thinking that the glory was mine, for thinking that the things I could do it my way and not understanding that we are only carriers of your glory. Forgive us because you made us greater owners of the land, of stewards of the land, and we became as owners. And forgive us, Lord, to taking something that, that wasn't ours, that doesn't belong to us. We want you to be the one that goes forth. If you want, God, you can save in this day. If you want, God, you can forgive in this day. I understand that the beautiful work of Christ pays for all of that. And I ask you, God, the King, that in this day, there'll be salvation. That there where you are, you say, Lord, take my life. 
I receive the forgiveness of sins. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Take the work on the cross of Calvary as mine. In the I social give my such life as to King Jesus. Facebook. Amen. May God bless you all. We hope this message has edified you and please share with others. Have a wonderful day.